afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. My great pleasure to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Balls McWednesday edition of the program. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew in the house. The whole crew back together again and it feels good to do so. On Twitter it's at Jay Cameron Show. Don't forget as we're want to do we always tell you this make sure that you like and subscribe if you're watching on war chant uh tv that's uh, always good and uh get after it all right welcome in good to be with you good to good we'll get right to it here we've got uh things to do people to see uh let's get to the first item of the day which is that florida state announced no surprise here at all this isn't riveting breaking it's like when we have the uh Breaking news here from Town Hall, which is not breaking news at all, and it's usually just ridiculous, but it's the guy going, breaking news, I'm going to say something that runs counter to all the facts that you've read today, so I'll do it very blandly. But um, it, it, it's always fun when that happens, but they, I like that it leads with breaking news. This is not breaking news. So just like that, this isn't breaking news either. Uh, this is information that we received, which is that uh, the representatives for the 2022 ACC kickoff uh, will be Jordan Travis, defensive back Jamie Robinson, and defensive tackle Fabian Lovett. That, according to Mike Norvell. And that makes sense uh, if you think about uh, the representatives that perhaps you would choose from a standpoint of experience and leadership and success and importance, at least as to how they're going to have to play for this team to have the kind of season that they desperately need to have, you'd probably choose those guys right there atop the list, and I think they'll do well. So again, it's Jordan Travis, quarterback, Jamie Robinson, safety, and defensive tackle, Fabian Lovett, who I think is going to have a great year. And that kind of can be married very quickly with the top uh, five picks there on Warchant TV. If you missed any of that, the top 40 countdown completed. We did that video uh, on it was it Monday? I think we did that video. It came out. So anyhow, that video is up and running. If you missed it, the final five picks there. Those two were also not a surprise. Maybe you, you could quibble a little bit, maybe with the order. Uh, in some cases, when we do these top forties, people might say, you know, why do you have so and so in the top ten? I think he's a top, you know, five player. Why do you have somebody outside the top twenty that I think is a top fifteen player? But by and large, this year, there, I got it in. I hadn't used it in a while. Um, this year, the the numbers were uh, pretty easy to come by, I think. And you didn't see a radical shift in importance or rankings for these players. By the way, the ACC kickoff, uh, that rotation, Florida State and the Atlantic Division, is on Wednesday. So one week from today, we are in Charlotte. Actually, we'll be there, I think, the day before. But uh, I would hope so. Presumably, yeah. yes. Uh, we'll be there the day before. So Wednesday, July 20th in Charlotte, North Carolina, where you have an opportunity to, um, to, to talk to the Atlantic Division, uh, most notably for our purposes, Florida State players and coaches but, uh, or coach. But, uh, yeah, I always like to talk to the others uh, in and around. Uh, this is going to be, as I've said before, uh, one of the more fascinating ACC kickoffs that I've ever attended. I've only missed a couple in the last 10 years, uh, one being last year as we were in transition. 
But I, I mean, this is just a bizarre ACC kickoff, just as it is for the Big 12. And there's news there from their commissioner today. He spoke uh, as they get set for their kickoff and talked about the Big 12 is exploring all of their options. Well, thanks. I mean, yes, uh, you would say no blank, right? That is everybody not named the Big 10 or the SEC. Frankly, that's not even true. The Big Ten and the SEC are exploring all of their options as well. So all the conferences are exploring all of their options. The difference is one is fueled by Fox, the other is fueled by ESPN, and the rest are like, can we get on board somehow, some way with the Fox and ESPN money train? And if not, can we form our own that is eerily similar to theirs? That is to say, do I have to marry the Big 12 with the ACC and the Pac-12 and just take the best of the best of the best from those three conferences and come up with our own? You know, I mean, I, I do think everything's on the table at this point. Found it interesting that on the dais, the stage for the Big 12 Forum, you still had the Oklahoma and Texas football uniforms aligned with everybody else in the conference, which they have to do that. But I thought it would have been amazing if they had you know, <laughs> turned the players around. So like, it's forward-facing for every school in the Big 12 not named Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and they've turned their backs <laughs> on the people in the pit. That's what they should have done. And the Pac-12 could do that with UCLA yeah. and USC next. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would hope that when we arrive in Charlotte, Florida State's helmet would be facing the other direction, too. I'd be like, oh, oh look, look at that. Look Wouldn't at that. Can I tell you, I, this is funny. Last week, I was out to dinner with my wife. and Good I, job. That's, yeah. that's being a good husband. There you go. Uh, and I was out to dinner. And it was just, the kids have been gone visiting their granddad, Opa, as they call him, for the last two weeks. And it's been great. Now I miss them, and it's going to be great when they come back, but it's been nice. So Yeah, it was great when they were gone with a capital G, and he said, it's going to be great when they come back. That's yeah. a lowercase g. <laughs> well, actually, it's twofold. It's what it represents, because when they come back, it's like we're hitting the ground running, man, because my oldest starts high school this year, and that's a whole new thing. And then secondly, we're taking off to Charlotte, so it's just – and then once we take off to Charlotte, there's no stopping. It's it's go time. It's here we are. Here we – you know, it's underway. And I love football, and it's the meat and potatoes of what we do. And obviously, if you listen to sports talk radio across the country, it is fueled by football, period. I mean, now you can get – there are markets where NBA does well or Major League Baseball does well or hockey does well or all of them do well. But football rules the roost everywhere. Everywhere. I, you could be doing a show in New Mexico. Football leads the way. Now, that's great because I'm passionate about football and we're entering into an incredibly important season. But the signifying of things have begun, the fuse has been lit, is the return of my children tomorrow. And I recognize that. You know, So on the one hand, it's so good to see you again. Awesome. On the other hand, oh, here we go. Let's buckle up. But these two, we were out to dinner, my wife and I. We got to date again. It was nice. And uh, and come home to an empty house. So there we are, and we're, we're having a- Boy, that means you can sleep on the couch without anybody <laughs> bothering you. That's great. What a day. So I chose to have, uh, and I sent you this picture because I knew you would be nostalgic about it. A margarona, as you saw. Yeah. Where, yeah. Did, where did you go? Was it the place or the not no, the place? No, no, no. Different place? No, that, I don't want my wife to get shot. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I can fend for myself, but I don't need... Yeah. I, I think the level of uh, aptitude with a margarona and danger yeah. is, is correlated. <laughs> like, the higher the danger, the better it is. Well, this particular... Anyhow, the margarona was delicious. 
and you saw it was massive. It was it was something. It was up to snuff. Tell me you didn't laugh. You were like, that's a... That's I kept a, it clean, my reply. I said, you son of a gun. Yeah. I wanted to say more. Look at that margarita. Yeah. I knew you'd be like, well, look at that. Anyhow, so I had one, and damn, it was good. And I'm getting a flurry of texts. This is relevant, I promise you. I'm getting a flurry of texts from inside sources. These are people that I trust implicitly. These are people that have never steered me wrong, never got it wrong. Don't even bother to text me unless it's a thing. SEC, book it. No. Oh. But kind of close. And I'm getting these texts that, hey, man, this is like there's some things that are underway that are exciting. Now, this person, again, they're very careful with their verbiage. They're also educated, so it's not over-the-top silliness. But they were like, hey, I'm, are you hearing anything? Did that source say, in all aspects of, of what we're doing with the <laughs> iconic brand, <laughs> things are getting better? No, that source was not Mike Norvell. Okay. So the text comes in, the first one, and it intrigues me. And I'm trying to do the thing where I, you know, listen, I've got, I'm, a, I'm a strict guy when it comes to the phone at the dinner table with my kids and everybody, and maybe even my wife. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Put the phone away. We're having dinner. But because our kids are out of town, both of us had our phones where we could reach them in case we, we needed to be contacted. So this text comes in. I glance over at it, trying to be sly without, you know, because I don't want to break my own rule and be that guy, but I do break my own rule sometimes. So I look over there and I glance at it and I see that it's a text from this particular source that is a good one. And I go, oh, well, and, I, and then I had to do the, I'm so sorry, babe. I, I really need to look at this. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, fine. So I look at it, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Put it back down, back to the margarona, and the conversation. Another text comes through. Oh, all right, what else? And so then I look at that. There was a moment where it appeared, and I think I've since talked to a lot of other people that cover the program and are – intimately familiar with the operations of the athletic department where I do think and and again this is a natural reaction to the world being on fire which is in both true in the world of sports and outside of the sports but football college football it's on fire everybody is just looking for a safe passage they just want to get somewhere where they feel that they're protected, taken care of, and safety uh, in, in, in terms of the finances are available to them. And I'm not surprised to start getting word from sources that cover the ACC, sources that cover Florida State, sources that cover Clemson and Miami and other schools that have all been rumored, right? So I'm getting hit up fast and furious with these texts like, are you here? Are you here? And there are people here that don't know each other. And I'm that, so this is that's always a good sign. I'm like, well, this guy doesn't know this guy, so they're not talking together and then spilling it out my way. These are just two people hearing from two other people. So I'm going, going, going. Long story short, what did they say? By the end of the night, by the end of the night, it was apparent that nothing was imminent. Nothing was going to happen as far as Florida State is leaving this sad, sap, sorry ass excuse of a conference and make their way to that safe haven that I just described. What a buzzkill. That it was not going to happen on that particular Friday night that I was receiving a text while having a margarita with my wife. Wasn't going to happen. But I want to follow up on that because Ira talked about it yesterday on Seminole Headlines that he talked with the producer from Fine Bomb, and I know that guy as well. If you've ever been on that show, he's the guy that calls you, or he used to be the producer, and he'd call you. 
Good enough guy, what? unlike the host. Really? Yeah, no, good enough guy. Because Not- he's the one who screens people and lets people on? Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, okay. I don't know about yeah. that. I don't know. Hold on. I know where you're going with yeah, this. Right. Just don't even go there. I, I know exactly where you're going to head to. Um, but he um, he had told Ira, I guess, and this is third hand. Ira told me this on the air yesterday, that the, the feeling in SEC country, in particular in Birmingham, is that Florida State will be part of the SEC. And I said, well, okay, good. That's great that there are all these feelers being put out there and inquiries about level of interests. It stands to reason that Florida State, Clemson, anybody who cares to be a part of the money trough is interested in leaving this conference because if you're going to anticipate, I talked about anticipation being power as opposed to reaction. Reaction, I it's easy to participate. I mean, anticipate that 10 years from now, this thing isn't going to exist. Not in a way that's beneficial to us. So of course, everybody wants out. So I think what was going on is that there were people within the sec and there are people within the individual universities in the conference that they would be interested in all kind of talking with each other about, Hey, if possible, would you, could it be maybe perhaps in what for, you know, yeah. Meanwhile, Syracuse, Wake Forest, and Boston College are like, nope, not on my watch. I don't know what those other universities were thinking. They were waiting on the email. Remember the old email that they were going to get <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from yeah. back in the Big 12 realignment days? Like, <laughs> did we get the, did you get any, I didn't get an email. Yeah, so, so uh, they're probably not getting emails. They're not getting texts. They're not getting calls late at night. No late night, 1 a.m. Hey, it's, <laughs> it's Alabama. How are you, B.C.? That ain't happening. No, but what they've done is <laughs> is they've all retained their top counsel, given them a phone dedicated to this issue, mm-hmm. and they said, if it rings, yeah. I don't care if you're having a margarona with your wife. <laughs> you're picking this you're phone picking up. You're picking this phone up. That's correct. But obviously everybody is – I mean, and I, I actually am one of the people who says I don't really care if it's the SEC or the Big Ten. I don't care. I can see the benefits to both. I understand that the vast majority of my audience and the people that are diehard Florida State fans would rather be, I think, if they're answering honestly, in the SEC than the Big Ten. I don't know that I agree with that. I can think of many things that I'd like about the Big Ten over the SEC, but I can also think of some wonderful aspects of, of, of the SEC, and I disparage it all the time because they make it easy for me. But in truth, there are some wonderful stadiums and venues and, and college towns in the SEC that would be a lot of fun. So I don't really care either way, just so long as we're no longer uh, getting buried on an annual basis as it pertains to each school and the monies that they take home from the conference. It just feels inevitable that it is the SEC from a logic standpoint, so given that ESPN controls both conferences. So why would ESPN let us walk to the Big Ten? They never would. They they, they would not. Um, Notre Dame only has a half a foot in in terms of financial obligations to ESPN because football is independent TV contract-wise. So if you're going to be paying grants of rights and an exit fee for all sports but football, I mean, come on. They get that in the second collection in one Sunday. They're fine. For us, no way. There has to be some sort of trade-off. Like the SEC would have to gain something that they don't – or an ESPN would have to gain something – that they don't anticipate gaining. You know, it's like when um, broadcasters switch locations. You remember when Al Michaels went from ABC and Monday Night Football to NBC? NBC had property of some old, like, Disney video yeah. that they sent yeah. the other way. Yeah, they're like, like, here you e- go. ESPN would have to get something weird in order for us to make it to the Big Ten. I agree that if you brought enough natural 
regional rivals with us. Yeah, Clemson, it Miami, really, Georgia yeah. Tech, or you know, some conglomeration like that. Then I could see where the Big Ten might be fun. But I don't know about you know all the roadies to Indiana and Champaign, Illinois. I don't and stuff. Picture, I, I, I'd rather drive to Arkansas and 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 Auburn. I don't want to drive to Fayetteville, Arkansas, Tom. But if you want to drive over Champaign, Illinois, getting on a flight to go there, hell no. I, same nonsense. I don't want to go to either place. They're both sorry Woo as hell. Woopig Suey. You can no, meet I, the professor. You're talking about something very different. I like Arkansas. I like Woopig Suey and the drunk professor. I like their coach. I love all of that. I like their I, hell. I love their mascot. I like their uniforms. That's all well and good. I, Nothing exciting about rolling out to Fayetteville, Arkansas, just as there's nothing exciting about going to Champaign, Illinois, where I've been. Um, now, now, that said, there are down venues everywhere. Yes, I'd, racing off to that school or to – Indiana was a good one for you to choose, by the way, because whenever I think of the play, the trip that I don't want to take, it's that one. Although I've been to Bloomington, and I had a wonderful time while I was there. That said – That said, yeah, a kickoff in late October. Yeah, you're like, oh. Uh, Weather would be great. The weather would be great, but you know, you're like, oh, it, what are it we needs doing? to be a nooner. It needs to be a nooner. We're playing we Clemson next week. There. This is a long flight. What yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that said, going to Ann Arbor or going to Columbus or going, you know, you'd have a you'd have a good time, buddy. Going to League of Nebraska, you'd have a really good time. Uh, I should touch on recruiting because I, I think the people in the chat are are, are hyper focusing on it. Uh, about Chris Parson, I don't care what a three-star quarterback uh, does, and he's not coming here, so whatever. Uh, I'm not over, overly worried about it. He's been recently offered by Cal and Mississippi State. Uh, great. Um, he's reopened his commit, uh, his his recruitment. That that's fine. I'm not worried about it. You probably have a better idea of what's coming down the pike with this, but I do think uh, that we're we're about to get news on a quarterback and. One that appears to not care about competition, like as in welcomes it. And wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be something? Uh, that would be Brock Glenn, who, by the way, uh, told uh, Carter uh, Carell's, uh, Carell, I think that's how he says his last name, um, quote, it doesn't really affect me about competition. I know you are going to have competition no matter what. They have been honest with me about taking two quarterbacks the whole time. I didn't back down from that. I love competition. It's what makes great players great. Everybody has to compete. Iron sharpens iron. So that would definitely help in my development. He listens to seminal headlines. As well as whoever has to join if I were to go there. That would just make us both so much better being in the same class because we know going to have to beat not only the people who are older and younger than us, but also the dude who's in the same class. I love competing. Doesn't really matter to me. Well, God bless you, kid. You're the first kid I've heard say anything sensible about competition in forever. Good for you. I don't know if he can play or not. I've never seen him. And the idea that we're going to get good news is still up in the air, but it's trending. It's trending in a good direction. No, I mean, that, I don't, that quote alone seems yeah. to suggest, right? Um, I just, it's just nice because that is true no matter where you go. No matter where you go, you are going to have to compete with those that are already there and those that will be coming there. That's how this works. Big time college football is all about competing. This is not one of those things where it's, oh, it's generational. No, it's always been this way. It's not that I'm old and see the world differently than an 18-year-old in regards to competition. Competition has always been the thing about playing big-time college football, no matter of the era, 1920, 1960, 1980, 2000, 2020. Doesn't matter. 
you've got to compete to win starting positions against players, presumably, who have a little something to them or else they wouldn't be there on scholarship either. That's just always the way it's been. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that if you lose that competition, you should sit idly by for three years and never play. I've never been that guy. I'm not the guy that then takes my love of competition to the next level and says that nobody should ever transfer. That's not true. I mean, I get it. Sometimes you get into a situation where maybe you commit to Florida State in the same year that Jameis Winston does, and you lose that job because, you know, he's the future number one pick in the draft and, frankly, is a lot better than you are, and you're never going to beat him out. Does that mean you should never have an opportunity to start somewhere at another university? No. Go ahead and take it on down the road if it's that apparent. Right, and manage your way to a national title doing so. There you go. Go figure. No, but I'm saying there are circumstances and situations by which you should absolutely leave. But the... It should never be before you ever step foot on the campus for fear that you're going to have to compete with somebody else that's also going to the same place you are. That's just stupid. Yeah, assuming that's 100% of his reasoning, yes. And the problem here is that it always comes down to not only the kid, but the camp. You know, And I think there might have been a little bit of that going on in this situation, too. So sure. that's the hard part. I mean, it happens. We cite it all the time for the basketball program and some of the kids that said goodbye to Tallahassee and Leonard Hamilton's awesome you know, way wow. of rising through the ranks and developing talent and putting you in a position to make a lot of freaking money only to not play ever again meaningful minutes, Ike Obiagu. Like, that's the, that's the tough thing. Yeah, the old two points a game right? for Obiagu the rest of his career. Or John Butler. Where is he going to play? Israel? Who knows? He might. I mean, literally, actually, it might be, be Israel. That'd be a big place it, for him. It would be. actually be a big yeah. step up. Derwin made some money out there. Yeah, there's players. But you know what? Be, yeah. He maxed out his time in college <laughs> before going to said oh, uh, basketball league. That's a shame. That's a shame. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Thanks for joining us, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Happy Balls McWednesday. Happy uh, getting up early as all hell tomorrow morning in honor of uh, the old course in St. Andrews and the Open Championship, the 150th Open Championship. Tom, you getting up at 4 again? So the last two days I have been up before 5.30, so I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Probably because you can gearing in that direction. You can start watching at 1 a.m. Well, the wife was uh, on the 6:15 out of Tallahassee this morning, so she was up at 3:45. I had no choice but to be up by around 4:15, 4:30. So I'm ready. Uh, but you can DVR it and and skip through a couple hours worth of coverage and and really be live at six. That's the goal. 
Well, I'm just looking forward to tonight. Uh, I'll do Beyond the Tips tonight. It, it, we serve as the unofficial self-proclaimed pregame show for the Open Championship, which comes on a few hours after I get off the air. Uh, and I'm excited about that. By the way, I know for those that don't care about golf, they're going, move on, move on, move on. Really quickly, for those that do, these four days project as the nicest weather they're going to have in Scotland all year long, yep. which means the winning score is going to be minus 65. Yeah. I mean, they'll overpower this course. In, with no wind, this is a course that you might shoot par at. And I'm not even kidding. It's not a yeah. hard course. So I'm a hell of a player. But, but I'm saying that it's uh, this is one of those situations where they need that wind. Now, they can tuck those pins and do some things, but I, mm, that's going to be very interesting. Uh, but, hey. I think that puts Tiger squarely in the field, though. It, it's the only thing that does. It, it really is. It's the only thing that does. Look at me. If the wind. <laughs> if the wind is blowing 30, 40 miles per hour in their face, 20 miles per hour in their face, uh, then he's out of the tournament. Um, but if it's not... But the thing is, I think that's a great equalizer. Of course you would rather it be somewhere in the middle, between where it is this week and then what you hate and loathe, which is one half of the draws automatically Well, they get screwed. They get eliminated. completely screwed, right. But I think this is a great equalizer because even though the Bombers are bombers, and, and they usually have an advantage. Here, it's kind of mitigated. If you can hit a 5-iron and have it roll out 290 yards or 320 yards... Well, that's why Tiger's in the field now. It gives him a chance, right? But everybody, even, you know, like, diminutive ball strikers. Not just Tiger, but some of the other Zach guys... Johnson's back in it. He's back in it. Well, Morikawa, too. Now, no, it's not like he's a short hitter, no, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean. There are some tournaments where you're like, well, he's really going to have to do this exceptionally well to compete. No, I mean, he is your defending Open champion. He's won two majors. Yeah, People forget that. He's Already. won two. He's yeah. won two. I actually think that, you know, this is it is wide open. It's wide open. It should be a lot of fun. I look forward to it. And uh, now, let's 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 go from there and, and get into this. Some people have asked a question about, competition and and all that good stuff look it's self-evident when a guy decides that he's going to look elsewhere the second it's it's known that there's a a second quarterback being heavily recruited I mean that's just you can see that now there may be other mitigating circumstances as to why you choose but it, that, that certainly is part of the decision making process and it's again self-evident so I don't think we have to spell that out for you, for those of you asking. Uh, now, also, I would say, I don't care. I don't care the reasons, really, at this point. Um, I, I think that until, and, and it's trending in the right direction, until you have the depth of talent to win on the line of scrimmage, offensively and defensively, I'm just not going to get excited about a running back or a quarterback uh, because it's all dictated uh, by whether or not you can dominate up front. And we haven't been in a position to do that. But, man, this has been a good week for that. Been a good week for that discussion. Well, and it's not the beginning, you know, of, of a good discussion well, no, no, for the no. offensive they, they line. They continue to transfer right. this offensive line. So can we say, I with a transfer situation the way it is these days, where everybody gets a free look, if the kids that have committed to Florida State and have already signed to Florida State and transferred with multiple years are all here, the guys we have currently, mm -hmm. that the next four years, the outlook for the offensive line is the good. most positive it's been since I don't know when. 2013. Even then, though, you only had five really good players and one serviceable player. You might have more depth here on the offensive line in the next four years than you've had since I was a kid. I don't even know when. Because you could probably have nine to ten dudes at any given time once you get to probably the back half of next year. 
with development, redshirt status, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's moving in the right direction. And with Atkins at the helm, you understand that that's not going to get worse. It's only going to get better. His ability to relate, communicate, identify, connect with potential transfers as well as high school recruits guarantees that Florida State is going to be stockpiling good players at that position for some time to come, so long as he's here. I don't see that changing anytime soon. His reputation and his stature as a coach on this staff is growing by the minute, both here, obviously amongst the fan base, but also throughout the state, also throughout the high school ranks with coaches, and throughout the region. When you're beating out Alabama, Florida, Southern Cal, Oklahoma, Clemson, Auburn, and others for a kid's services along the offensive line. You've won an NIL battle, which is a first, which is great. And then secondly, you clearly are identifying a coach who's doing a great job of communicating and connecting with these kids. Well, also, just reading tea leaves of other things in the athletic department, you have to feel really good about Atkins' viability to be here for a long time. As long as things go well for the whole staff this year. Because they gave him a raise and they extended him. But they'll do it again. Well, they, Alford doesn't care. I mean, look at the money he's spending on other sports. That's where these other uh, acquisitions... On this, on this sport, though, too. Right, but I'm just saying that he's been aggressive in pursuing replacements at the head coach level, uh, giving baseball a decent-sized, robust-sized assistant pool. Like Showing commitment that you have money to other sports signals to me that short of getting a head coaching opportunity in the near future, or Norvell getting fired and we got to start from ground zero... Atkins is going to be here because we'll match it. We'll make sure that he's here and paid handsomely. You know, the only yeah, the only problem is he could get offered a head coaching job somewhere. But but right, well, but I mean that's not going to happen anytime soon. I don't know that you're proven at a at a decent play. Like okay, maybe he could for a group of five school. But right. would he want to do that? No, if he's he, going to wait it out. He's young. He's he's successful. He's going to continue to build. Look here. Here's the other thing to to say about what what's building here is. It, we get back to our fan base loves to quibble and squabble and argue about things that cannot be fixed save for wins on the football field. Stop doing that, guys. Stop bitching at each other about this kid or that kid. That's always going to be the case when you have sucked for four years in a row. You cannot get long-term firm commitments from elite players at important positions if the product has sucked ass for four years. It's so old. Stop doing that. It's just dumb and a waste of your time. You've got to see them win some games. So you're going to get a receiver or a running back or a quarterback or a linebacker that's going to say, I'm committed, then I'm not committed, I'm unsure, especially as their star rises and they have more opportunities because when they line them all up and they say, well... I really like that school and I like that coach, but they haven't had a winning season in five years. It gets real easy to decide you're going to go somewhere else. So there's no reason to concern yourself with this. The only thing you should worry about right now is whether or not this staff is capable of going out and winning seven, eight games this year. I'd say eight or more. Because if they're not, you can stop worrying about recruiting. They're going to start all over again and fire him. The timeline has been expedited. All of this has been sped up. The money you're talking about, sinking that money into football, expanding the staff, improving the facilities, publicly displaying your efforts to improve football in the now, which is what Alfred did with that tweet and everything else, right? It's him showing you, we get it. We're ready. Yeah. We're not going to wait around on this. Even in their spring series when he you know, lays out the blueprints and the renderings for the football-only facility, they spend an episode of their own series that they create, and it's him 
at a desk showing you this is exactly what it's all going to look like. There it is. Yeah. Uh, that th- th- so this that is, couldn't be more clear of a signal that, yeah, I'm not here to mess around. That's the whole thing. It, it That's the inconsistencies and the frustrations and the wins and the losses off the field are all directly impacted mostly by wins on the field. That is all there is. Now, this other stuff matters. NIL matters. Yes, all of it does. But there is there's a ceiling. You're not going to get past until you win some games. My friend texted me something today. We were just talking about where the program is. It was catching up with him. And he used a phrase from a movie, and, and in general, we know this phrase, life finds a way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just We feel like it's going to work out. That's the way it feels with FSU and moving to a conference that's going to pay out big time. Right? I mean, that don't you get the sense? I mean, we talked about that months ago before this round of conference realignment. That it just it feels like we're going to get lucky. We're going to get a get-out-of-jail-free card here pretty soon, and by pretty soon in the next five years. I wonder, though, after that conversation I was pondering, doesn't that make it easier to pitch if you're a money guy, either at a collective or certainly as an athletic director, to say, look, we're getting, I mean, the cavalry is coming in terms of cash soon, but I need you now. So if you can commit a little bit more now, you're going to be the bridge that gets us to where we go to where the very, athletic department very, yeah. is more robust. And we have the funds to do some of this stuff on our own, and I don't have to knock on your door every 30 seconds. But i got to have you now because we don't have that influx of cash. I wonder if that's a, a viable way to pitch something to help make sure that money is met, needs are met for NIL or you know the football-only facility. So you're reaching out to a... Multi-millionaire, somebody that you've had to call five times, you know, too many in the last ten years because you're you're switching over staffs. You got buyouts, you got all this kind of stuff. Well, Willie's money comes off the books this year, so this this is a game changer. That's why you're seeing this influx of cash now. I would say, even that is greatly affected until you win some games. I think that there's a limit even there. I, I think all that's all logical and sound and reasonable. And this is you know, if you're sitting around having a uh, a, a discussion steeped in, in logic and reason and defining your terms and all those things, that that would be a fair pitch. But even then, I just know, you know, it's human nature, especially if you've been asked several times before. Sure, of course. But, you know, I mean, my man, how many times are you going to come to me and we're going we're gonna to do this? So, But also, you could stop spending and this whole thing's done, you know? So these are your, these are your options here. Yeah, but then that's a threat. And so to me, <laughs> well, so... We are under a threat. I mean, that's not this, how you... This program is threatened. You, Tom, I'm not taking you to the next negotiation. <laughs> well, you say with a lie. Like, well, that's ridiculous, you know? I mean, because if I don't have people like you, we don't exist in the first place, so we're going to make it up to you. So in perpetuity, I've got to give while we get bent over every Saturday. Uh, the I'm TV money's you, coming, yeah. Fred. Okay. Listen to me, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Can't wait for football. These are the discussions that we end up having, and then you bring it back to the uh, the root passion that surrounds uh, football and, and, and the fan bases and those that are in a good place where we've been before and seeking to get back to and those that are in a desperate place where we haven't been often but certainly are now. And that is um, probably felt no more um, in terms of the weight of it, uh, probably by nobody more than, I should say, Mike Norvell. 
It'll be interesting to see his demeanor at the ACC kickoff. It'll be interesting to see his interactions or you know, take in those interactions that he has with pointed questions, uh, press members that ask pointed questions. He's going to get them because if you if you just look around college football, there there's an article a day about the upcoming season. We're at that stage of the offseason where right now you're getting projections, win totals, schedule strengths. I just did a college sports book yesterday on West Virginia, in which I bet the under five and a half wins. Uh, I think Bovada had it, Caesars had it at five and a half, wherever. Well, you can shop around. Um, but I went under five and a half. They have a coach on the hot seat. They lost their best receiver, Winston Wright, who transferred to Florida State. They lost a thousand yard back, who was their everything in the backfield. They do have four veteran offensive linemen, and they got JT Daniels to transfer in. They lose 61% of their defensive production on the season. So I added it all up and then looked at their schedule. And you go through Phil Steele just released his schedule strengths uh, for the upcoming season. And they have one of the toughest schedules in the country. They have a November in which your out-of-conference schedule is uh, two arch rivals in the form of Pitt. Pitt West Virginia play this year, which is interesting. And then, of course, um, they also play Virginia Tech. So not easy. And then in November, they have games against Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. I mean, it's, it's not good. It's not ideal. Texas, if you're trying to win a bunch of games, it's not ideal to be, have that slate in November. So I went under five and a half. What's my point? My point is that all of this, that every day there's another piece coming out, article, something where you can use it for betting, you can use it for projections, you can use it for fodder, for conversation on a sports talk show, you can do whatever you want with it. It's exciting. But when you do that, when you read these articles and you read these schedule overviews and talent overviews, returning production, uh, Action Network uses something called TARP, where it is transfer portal players plus returning production combined. You get to invariably look at Florida State and pieces written about how much pressure there is on this season for that man and this staff. And I don't think there's any getting around it. I said earlier it's been expedited. I believe it has. I believe all of this other stuff on the periphery has only sped up the timeline for Mike Norvell. I would have told you and did this offseason as we entered the offseason before USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten. I would have told you that it's going to take a lot for Mike Norvell to lose his job this year. It would He'd have to fall flat on his face, engineer some sort of 4-8 and eight campaign where there's nothing to hold on to. There's no reason to believe moving forward that anything's getting better. You're losing recruits left and right with a 4-8 and eight campaign. You'd probably lose this class that you've now put together or in the midst of putting together. At that point, you would almost be better off, even though it's painful to say aloud, Starting over, especially if you could find a name that could truly, you know, motivate, generate uh, talk and energy and excitement. Uh, but I don't believe that anymore. Now I think it's possible that he he, he could get fired uh, with a six and six campaign. He could get fired. Uh, Jesus, yeah. I, I they have remember this again, Tom. I'll say it time and again. They like Mike a lot. They do. The powers that be, the money people like Mike, I think our, I think our athletic director and president like Mike just fine. But that is limited because that's not the coach that this athletic director hired. And I always come back to that. If you put yourself in Mike Alford's shoes, his job is directly in line with the job that football does. I mean, that's great. You, you you extend to the softball coach. That's wonderful. At the end of the day, if you don't win football games and you're an athletic director in one of these conferences, you get fired. 
Now, I'm not saying he's on the line, but it speeds up his timetable, too. Right. And if that's not your guy, if I hired you, I'm the president, I hired Tom Lang to be my athletic director, and you inherit this coach, no matter your interactions that you've had with him, you might like his vision, you may agree with him, you may say he had a tough go, he inherited a tough situation, what a horrible time to get a job, and COVID hits, can't travel and you know, visit these coaches and develop relationships with players. All these things are affected, and, and it affects the job. That's fine. You can empathize with him, but you didn't hire him, and you know how your next contract gets worked. It, it basically doesn't happen unless football's winning, and you've put yourself in the best possible position to succeed. So if they go out this year and they still can't finish above 500, even with all of that said, you might not think it's crazy to fire him. Yeah, at five and seven, perhaps six and six would be interesting because what six do you win? What six do you lose? And how does and, it happen? And how does it happen with the injuries? Right, right. Because if I'm Alford, in a way, I feel like Norvell is so early in his tenure that I'm not going to be judged if I give him one more year. I'm not up against it as an athletic yeah, but, director but this you, year. And yeah. so what I would have to weigh, well, this is mm-hmm. almost like a a player leaving early for the draft mm-hmm. at the next level. Mm-hmm. I've got to take a look at the field of yeah. coaches that are coming due. Right. What am I? What, what am, am I better choices? off? Am I better off at the pool for this year, or do I project out and I take a look after 2023 and say that that's a more robust coaching pool? Let me wait one more year. I'm not going to get killed for it or fired for it if I am a little bit more patient here. Yeah, but your timeline gets shortened too because now on your watch, that's a losing season or a non-winning season. On your watch. Correct. So, but and, I, and then hold on. Then you're going to have to start over, too. Because let's say it doesn't work out the next year. And now you're starting over. And that's another losing season. Probably another losing season after that. Now, all of a sudden, Tom Lang, athletic director, has presided over football with three straight losing seasons. Right. And that's your ass. So I would get one of them back for the first year with the new coach. But, yes, I, I agree. It's it, almost like having a 2-0 count. You know, I could take a strike yeah. this year. Man, also I'm might not, be the best pitch I back. get. Well, after yeah, the two and one pitch might be the best pitch. <laughs> the two I get. O pitch yeah. might be the best pitch you get. Is a base open? Depends. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of things to figure out here. You're right. This is yes, it's definitely chess, not checkers. You got to look at a lot of things. There are things that you're going to gauge. Okay, this coach here might come available. By the way, I've always really liked this assistant. The OC at such and such seems like a slam dunk hire to me, or whatever. Maybe, and there's usually things behind the scenes that we don't know about. So Mike Halford has relationships just like anybody in that position has relationships, and he had existing relationships in powerful places prior to ever getting here. He worked at USC and Alabama and Oklahoma. He was an athletic director. He worked with the Dallas Cowboys. He's worked with big-time CEOs and all that. All right, those relationships are going to inform the kind of decisions that you can make. Who's who? Can you ask a favor from? Who owes you? Who? What money's? You know, all of this stuff comes into play. So yeah, you've got a lot of things to weigh. Do you think he has to have that internal conversation on November first, where he's like, "Oh no, what do I do?" Oh, Alfred. Uh, oh, so I, I don't know that we're going there. I feel okay about this squad attacking eight. Because if you look again at last year, the way you I finished feel the season, good too. I'm not say, coming at this from a negative point of view. I'm I'm looking at it. This is the you know. Right. You're not it, saying the trapeze artist is going to fall. You're just saying that there's no net underneath them. I'm saying you <laughs> do, it's important that you don't slip. Right. I'm not saying you can't cross this. I mean, we're not crossing the Grand Canyon this year. No. But uh, you're five and three to finish the schedule last year, and there were still a lot of flaws that you've kind of made better this year. I think net the net effect is you've got a better football team now than you did 
for the last eight games last season. Your pass rush is worse. Everything else should be a little bit better, right? Is that not fair? And you were competitive in all eight games, in games including games in which you have more talent on the other sideline than you have on yours? That's yeah, a that, good sign. It certainly helped a lot. It trends in the right direction. I have high hopes for this staff, this team, to be much better. They do. Again, we've said this, and I think it bears repeating. They could be appreciably better and not have a great record. The schedule, depending on where you want to look for these things, and I like to look at a lot of analysis for this. So if you want to look at veteran quarter, how many veteran quarterbacks yeah. do you face? How, how many veteran quarterbacks do you face on the road? Number how of many, snaps for the offensive line. Right. Okay, all of these. You can go on and on and on down the line. There are lots of ways to do this. I like to take groupings. I, I'll look at this guy, this analyst's way of grading schedule strength. I'll look at you know my own thoughts of, of a team and what they're returning, all those things. But there are a lot of things you can combine and get a sense for. Um, and no matter how you look at it, Florida State does have a tough schedule. At the same time, I would immediately turn around and counter, if you're any good at all, you are still playing in the ACC. It's just crazy that none of these 30-year-old quarterbacks went in the draft this year. It was so light. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with.